been an amazing summer so far. Still more to come. Uh, some great weather coming, apparently. So they say. A song I wrote many years ago. Um, God's sort of stirring me into singing a lot more than I have been. Um, so I'm drawing on stuff that I have written, and he's also giving me other stuff, so there'll be new stuff coming. Um, but this song was written uh, as part of the original Double Cross musical I wrote back in 1993. <laughs> Two, 92, 93. I remember we moved house in 92, and some of the musical came to me then, so I was sitting at pianos all over the place while we were moving home. And... Um, this one is called Come as a Little Child. It's no longer in the musical. It works as a song in its own right. But it delayed much and added little to the musical, but it works as a song, as I say, in its own right. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, come as a little child. If you want to know your God as a father, come as a little child. Want to achieve and receive your reward Come as a little child If you want to understand the work of the Spirit Come as a little child For a child believes All his father tells him And a child receives A gift with open arms And a child simple truth that God's love never ends but stays true forever and if you want to wear the armor of God come as a little child if you want to destroy the works of the enemy come as a little child if you're feeling overwhelmed by the battle, come as a little child. And if you just need to know how to rest in God's arms, come as a little child. For a child believes all his father tells him, and a child receives a gift with open arms. And a child will know the simple truth that God's love never ends, but stays true forever. Yes, a child believes all his father tells him, and a child receives a gift with open arms, and a child will know. The simple truth that God's love never ends, but stays true forever. Amen. So, you can guess what my talk is called. If you want adventure, you have to be like a child. I want you to tell me, when Jesus said these words, come as a child, what was he talking about? 
So, what are the characteristics of children that he would have been referring to? Call them out. Anyone? Characteristics of children. Trusting. 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 Yes. Innocence. Innocence. Lovely. Yes. Exuberance. Fun loving. They don't analyze. It's good. <laughs> Very good at it. Sorry? Don't have preconceptions. Yes, fresh approach to everything. Curiosity. Enthusiasm. Are they self conscious? Not unless you point something out to them, then they become self conscious. But naturally, in their natural state, they will dance and boogie and have fun and not be, oh, got to be cool here. Got to sort of check my emotions. I can't get too carried away. And so those are characteristics that Jesus was referring to. Matthew 11:25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these amazing things from the wise and learned Remember that word, learned, in a minute. And you've revealed them to little children. Matthew 18, 1 to 5. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Okay, then who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's radical stuff. Therefore, where, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So, children believe. Just finished reading a book called Visions Beyond the Veil by H.A. Baker, an old classic. I highly recommend you read it. Visions Beyond the Veil. And it's about a guy and his wife who live in China and they work in an orphanage. They set up an orphanage where children from the street are welcomed and they're brought in and they're cleaned and clothed and taught about Jesus and educated. So they have, you know, maths teaching and whatever, whatever else you teach in such a place. But one of the amazing things about the book is the Holy Spirit comes upon these children. And the youngest most filthy child who came, when he was cleaned up, H.A. Baker noticed that he was innocent. He had a heart that was pure. And God used that little child mightily in prophesying over the whole group of people. And uh, the book goes on to describe many amazing visions that those children had. But God chose rejected orphan children from the outs of, outskirts of a really run-down city or town in China to proclaim his word. How many of you have heard of Heidi Baker? Heidi Baker's married to Roland Baker, who is the grandson of H.A. Baker, who wrote Visions Beyond the Veil. And Heidi Baker is an interesting character. We went to a conference in Harrogate a couple of weeks ago very privileged to go, and uh, European leaders advance. And one of the speakers was Heidi Baker. I say speaker, she doesn't really speak. She puts her notes on the lectern and kneels, and you think, oh, this is going to be interesting. And she starts singing the Spirit and prophesying over us, and it's the most amazing thing. She ministers, and then she tells stories, and then she ministers some more. 
and she prays over people, and it's, it's quite an amazing thing. She was a missionary in Mozambique in the 90s, and things were really hard for her, and so she went to Toronto. She heard what God was doing in the airport vineyard church there, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and she went there and was utterly transformed. The story goes she was out in the Spirit for five days solid, and she had to be carried into meetings and carried out again. And you may think, well, that's a bit bizarre, and it is, but God is, he does things his own way. And when she came out of that, she went back to Mozambique and had a transformational ministry. I mean, she set up loads of churches, incredible power. Um, There are two tribes, primary tribes she works among, none of whom have any deafness. And she sees lots of lepers being healed and blind people being being able to see. She She calls it the white eyes go brown. It's when Jesus heals the blindness. And she's an amazing speaker because she is like a child. Someone said that when she, before she went to Toronto, she was like a nine-year-old child, so she was full of expectation and enjoyment and life and enthusiasm. When she came out of that and went back to Africa, she was like a toddler. And certainly the woman we saw, she was in her 50s, but she was like a toddler. She, you couldn't, she was irrepressible. It was hilarious listening to her talk about the daddy that she knew and loved transforming the lives of people. And I'll give you a couple of examples. You might think, well, that's strange. She's a, a sort of a missionary person. Well, she is, but she's also got a PhD in systematic theology from King's College in London. And um, she tells a story. It's very interesting. She, when you do a PhD, you write a long thesis, about 80,000 words. It's like a book. And then you have to go to an exam where you talk about your work. And famous professors attack it and pull it apart and say, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, that's not... You may have seen uh, the film about um, Stephen Hawking. You see the the scene where he has to defend his PhD. So you have to defend it against these academics. And I don't know what was written in Heidi Baker's PhD. I'd love to find out, and I probably can, because on British Library you can read any PhD. I pulled down Andrew Tizard's PhD. I thought, how am I going to give this a go? (laughs) I got as far as the title. (laughs) So, so, seriously, you try, you try. But anyway, so you can read any... So you could probably read Heidi Baker's PhD. So she wrote it in London, so it would be in the British Library. And... uh, she was examined by these people, and the way she describes it, the voice she puts on the voices, they sound like Gollum, of these amazing systematic theological professors saying things like, God does not give parking spaces to people when they ask him. God is not interested in parking spaces. God is God. He's up there. He's not interested in things like parking spaces. He's not Santa Claus. And she had those words ringing in her ears when she flew back to Mozambique. Literally, the next day, she flew back to Mozambique and thought, what am I going to do with that? She got the PhD, she passed. But what was amazing about that was, that autumn, she uh, encountered some young girls who had been very seriously abused, and they'd been in terrible uh, situations, they'd been trafficked, and they rescued these girls, and they were sort of 11... 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, that sort of age. And there's about four or five of them. And comes Christmas Day, 
everyone in the house got presents. Because <clears throat> everyone in her house, there were a lot of people in her house, let's just say that. They all got presents. And yet, these girls obviously weren't going to get presents because they'd only just joined the house. And there was nothing for them. And Heidi thought, oh, well, we've um, not got any presents for them. What is God going to do? Now, Heidi, like I said, is like a toddler. She expects her father to provide. And so she, um, <clears throat> she thought, okay, let's ask them what they want. Now, there was a, a psychologist from Alabama who was staying with her, who was sort of serving the team at the time. And she said, uh, <clears throat> got a sack full of stuffed dogs in the back of the truck. Heidi thought, stuffed dogs? These girls don't want stuffed dogs. Um, they want something else. So she said to the first girl, she looked her in the eye, she said, it's important to look them in the eye and say, what do you want for Christmas? And the girl looked at her and said, I'd like beads. Got some stuffed dogs in the back of the truck. Black sacks full of stuffed dogs. <laughs> Heidi ignored the woman. Yeah, it was a woman. You wouldn't guess, would you? <laughs> it's better when she tells it. So, uh, thinking, okay, this is strange. Hmm, okay, beads. Ask the next girl, what would you like? I would like beads. Her eyes lit up with the prospect of looking pretty. Next girl, I would like beads. Beads, beads, beads. By this time, the sack full of stuffed dogs was in the room. Heidi pulled in her hand and pulled out beads. They were stuffed dogs, but they became beads. That's how she lives her life. You see, is there a systematic theology for that? <laughs> Who the heck cares, <laughs> frankly? Who can analyse that? Who can analyse the works of God? No one. And I remember John telling us uh, some years ago, it's great to get a hegemocation, but beware becoming learned. Because you might become like those professors. I'm sorry, God does not give parking spaces. He's up there. And God is transcendental and powerless. See, Bill Johnson says God takes us to places our heads can't fit. And the more we understand, the more we try and put God in a box. And he ain't going to go into a box. So children... Believe. Secondly, children have hope. Tony Campolo tells a wonderful story. It's a, probably an anecdotal, I would think. Uh, of this um, couple of parents, they have a son. They have several children, and the children are all fairly balanced, except for the youngest, who's incredibly optimistic. Just bizarre optimism. And they think, oh, we've got to cure him of this optimism, because life is tough. Life is hard. You can't be optimistic and get through life, surely. You've got to be a realist. And so, one Christmas day, they think, well, let's just give him some horse manure. And so, all the other children open their presents, books, drum kits, keyboards, the kind of thing I like to have. <laughs> and then, um, you know, other iPods, iPads, whatever. And the kid opens his present. It stinks the whole place out. 
What's this? It's horse manure, honey. Life's like that. Horse manure? Yes! All right! There's got to be a pony somewhere! <laughs> Children have hope. Sometimes you can batter them down, but they will bounce back up, a bit like those weebles that wobble when they don't fall down. Do you remember that advert? You know, no matter how far you thwack them, they just bounce back up because that's the way they're weighted. Number three, if those of you who are taking notes, those of you listening to the recording, hope you're taking notes. Um, children can be fearless. Amanda and I went to visit some friends of ours in Suffolk a while back, many years ago, and the boys were small. Now, Jeremy was, we, we had a nickname for him, we called him Captain Sensible, because he always stayed with the buggy, held on to the buggy, held mummy's hand. Absolutely, everything was done just so, perfectly, and decently and in order. He was just your ideal, you know? Toby, on the other hand, my goodness, we couldn't see him for dust. Literally, the guy was off out. We had to rescue him from one or two very, very serious situations early on in his life. Um, and there was one time where, see, we used to get onto beaches. Now, those of you who have small children, you know what, it, you, you get a buggy and you try and carry a buggy onto a beach. And it, beaches and buggies and children's paraphernalia don't really go very well. And then you have sandwiches and they get sand in. Then you get sand in the nappy. Whoa. Uh, seriously, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But kids love beaches. And no one loved beaches more than Toby. In fact, Jeremy was holding on to the buggy. And Toby, literally, with a laugh and a smile, as he watched me, just dashed off as far as he could go. I couldn't see him for dust. Well, for sand. <laughs> And um, there was a time we went to visit our friends in Suffolk. And we went for a walk, as you do. You go for a walk. And uh, there was a field. And in the field were wild horses. And these wild horses were powerful stallions. I mean, they were quite impressive, but they were wild. And um, there was a warning on the gate. And Glyn, the guy we'd gone to visit, said, Oh, no, you don't want to. He was an actor. Oh, you don't want to go in there. They're very dangerous, you know. And we thought, okay, fine, we won't go in there. So we um, carried on walking down the road, past these beautiful cottages with wisteria hanging and all those sort of peaceful things you see in a bucolic English countryside scene. But where was Toby? He was climbing over into the horse paddock and he jumped in. He was going to see the horses, horses, horses. I don't know if he could say the word. He was fearless. He was utterly fearless. I don't know what was in his spirit, but he was fearless. Children can be fearless. They're not always easily intimidated. And sometimes when we look at the miraculous, we think, mm, I don't know if that really fits into my comfort zone, to be honest. People falling over, people shaking, people laughing out of control, people singing in strange languages that no one taught them. Really? You start to become learned, you start to analyse. But as Angela quite rightly said, they don't analyse. They receive a gift with open arms. They see the power of God for what it is. Matthew 16, 5 to 7. 
When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, well, it's because we didn't bring any bread. The yeast represents the mindsets of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees were the religious people. The Sadducees were the state's people, the people who governed. Jesus was saying, don't get caught up in religion. Don't get caught up in government and politics. The answers won't be in those. And sometimes we can get the yeast of intellectual pride and um, it twists us. It can easily send us off into uh, tangents. I'm not saying don't get involved in politics, far from it. Um, I think you should. But just be aware where the philosophies come from. Um, and so you recognise that the Pharisees, God is at the centre of everything, but he's impersonal and powerless. We don't want that. One of the things I believe God is revealing to his children, those who discover who he is and who they are, is that not only do we have identity and purpose, not only do we have destiny, but we have access to unlimited resources. Chris Fallerton says, anxiety is irrational when God is our daddy. Fourth point, final point, children love adventure. Let's go back to Heidi Baker. She was given a Swiss watch, and she was very pleased with the Swiss watch, really lovely, very accurate. And she was having a Monday, as you do, and she loves her Mondays. She gets up, she has devotion with the children in her little room, and then she goes off, because a lot of children are sleeping in her room, she goes off into the town. And she had someone to meet in the town, in the market <clears throat> and she was due to get back in time to hold a discipleship meeting for leaders of churches these church leaders had leaders of, they were leaders of churches of thousands and they they had a disciple me discipleship meeting regularly with Heidi on a Monday and so she turned the corner and saw this little old lady with no teeth on her own blind staring well, not staring but just looking completely lost sitting down. And so Heidi thought, right, what's the time? And then she repented, said, no, I don't want to be live by time. I want to do what the father is saying. So she sat next to this lady and she spoke to her in the language that she understood. What is your name? And the lady was in her 60s. I don't have a name. I don't have a name. Lived all those years, all those years as a beggar on the streets with no name. So Heidi gave her a name, a name of the kingdom. Can't remember what it was. Something about destiny and purpose and love and joy and all those kinds of things. Beautiful name. And she hugged her, held her. She hugs a lot of people in a lot of strange situations. Once she hugged and um, went into a tent with a lot of children who had the equivalent of Ebola. And people rebuked her because she was going to catch it and, you know, die. The truth is she hugged them, kissed them, saw them through their sickness, prayed with them. They all were healed and she was not affected. So she lives in a different realm. So she said to this woman, what is your name? She gave her a name and said, God wants to bestow that name to you, wants to give you that name. And she took the woman and they walked together, and as she was walking, the woman's white eyes turned brown. She was healed of blindness, and Heidi hadn't even prayed for her. 
And the truth is, she was late for that meeting, but she said those guys, they can disciple themselves. They run churches of thousands. She stopped for the one. She broke her appointment schedule for one. And that's adventure. Are you ready to take on an adventure that is supernatural and wild? Are you ready to take on an adventure like a child? God has something amazing for Europe. He has something amazing for Britain. He has something amazing for London. He has something amazing for us here. And who knows but that what we experience might then go out to the nations. Let's stand. Many years ago, when he came back from uh, Mozambique and Zimbabwe with Debbie, Martin Smith spoke a word which I've never forgotten. And he said, we need to be like children, where we just say, what next, Papa? Papa God, what next? Abba Father, what next? What have you got for us in this day and age? What inspirational work, what inspirational things have you got for us to do? And we commission people, teams, to go out to the nations, and that's fantastic. And we also want to commission ourselves to reach these streets of Dagenham with a God who turns white eyes brown. Father, we say to you, make us like children again. Where we have bowed to the God of intellect, forgive us. We recognize our minds are important. You gave them to us to rationalize. But Lord, we don't stand here as doctors and as, you know, teachers and as office workers and as the unemployed. We stand before you as children of God. And we say, God, inspire us. Fire our hearts today with hearts of children who love adventure and who are willing to go on an adventure every day to say, what next, Papa? Who do you have for me to touch now? What miracle can you bring about through me today? Amen.